0: more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray welcome to save the lost at all costs posted by save the lost at all cost inc featuring your sister in christ and humble servant of the lord nina s griffin You're listening to Sister Nina S Griffin and we are on Save the Lost at all costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you'll dial 702-650-5588. Again, local if you have a question, a praise report, A prayer request, we'd love to hear from you, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. And that would be 800-366-8883. Again, if you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number. That would be 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over the internet at... KKVV's website which is www.kkvv.com Hello and God bless I just waved to you and we're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website which is audio and video as well at www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, you can go to our website again, www.savethelostlv.org. Select the date you'd like to listen to. There's plenty of them up there. Let the Spirit lead you. The Gospel is always free on our watch. That means no charge. And we're also being archived on iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, you can listen to us on your Apple device through iTunes. Now, we have gotten that done. One more thing as to how you can listen would be on your cell phone. Most people have a cell phone or have access to someone else's. And if you'd like to listen to KKVV on your cell phone and listen to us right now, please lock this number in. I'll give it to you twice. The area code is 563-999-3194. Again, the cell phone number to listen to KKVV 1060 AM Christian Talk Radio would be five Six three nine 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 thirty one ninety four, and you can call that number, and you will be listening to us right now. So I thank you, Lord, for getting me here safe. Uh, another uh, natal year under my belt. Celebrated another day of life. Uh, Another year of my birth. I'm very excited and grateful and humble. And thank you, Lord. And you wasted no time putting me to work. I've been working. (laughs) I appreciate the confidence that you have in me, Lord. And I'm just very excited to serve you. Uh, I'm just very, very humbled by that. Now, what we're going to talk about uh, today is ineffective fasting. We're going to be talking about ineffective fasting. So we're going to go right to the scriptures and we're going to look at Isaiah 58. Obviously there's a right way to fast and there's a wrong way to fast. So we're looking at ineffective fasting. I think it's very important. A lot of uh, people uh, say that they pray and they fast. So uh let's look and see why maybe uh, your prayers are not being answered. We're going to look at uh, some people that the prophet Isaiah was charged to speak to. And if you are doing God's work, uh, he expects you to tell the people the truth. You're not supposed to sugarcoat anything. You need to tell them their truth. This is about saving souls. This is save the lost at all costs. So we take what we do here very, very seriously. And if anybody's doing God's work, they need to take it seriously too. And you are doing God's work when you're in relationship with him. So you are a part of the royal kingdom. You are a part of the royal priesthood. You are a peculiar people. Please pay close attention and see what's going on here. Let's get your mind and your heart ready for what God has for you on a day and a season called now. Amen. So, Isaiah 58 Verse 1, and I'm in the New King James Version. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins Two. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Three, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. 4. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, and to strike with the fist of the wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day, to make your voice heard on high. 5. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bull rush? And to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? 7. It is not to share your bread with the hungry, And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked and you cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Eight. Then you. Eight. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Nine. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer, "You shall cry, and He will say, "Here I am." If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking wickedness, if you tend, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor Him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, 14. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Fourteen verses. Powerhouse. Powerful. So let's get to it, men and women of God. So we're going to look at. A couple of verses and we're going to start off with verse one. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. That's verse two and delight to know my ways as a nation. They did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight the in approaching God. So you see the prophet Isaiah has been charged to tell God's people of their transgression. And the house of Jacob, their sins. It says, they seek him daily. They delight to know his ways. As a nation, they did righteousness. They did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take the light approaching God. And it's then the people respond. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? Wow. Why are they fasting? Then they want to charge God with that he hasn't taken notice. And it says, you haven't even seen and we've afflicted our souls. They're fasting Had nothing to do with God. Their fasting was about being seen. Their heart was not in the right condition. Fasting is for you to acknowledge your sins, your transgression and benefit from repentance. But in repentance, it requires you to do something. You must turn from that thing that's causing sin in your life. Because you're sinning against God. They try to appear that they were honoring God with vain, empty rituals. Fasting without the right heart condition. Without acknowledging God for who he is. And then having the audacity to challenge him about prayers that you are praying selfishly. He's not obligated to answer those prayers. And he's not going to answer those prayers. And you see, the prophet was put in a position to tell the people what it is they were doing. And how it was not pleasing to God. It was a waste of time. And putting them in a very perilous situation with God. Because it was not honoring him. It was not respecting him. It was very detrimental to them spiritually. And moving them farther and farther away from God. Now. Let's look at what God says to them. He responds to them. And we're still in verse 3. It says, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. For indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. God is telling them, that's it. It's over. That type of fasting, that type of praying will not get his attention for the right reason. And he's giving them a stern rebuke. And he's letting them know, I see what you're doing. Exploiting all your laborers. Now, here they were supposed to be operating and recognizing the Sabbath. And here they were exploiting laborers on the Sabbath. And then it says you fast for strife and debate. Fasting is about... Having the right heart condition. Humbling yourself. Coming to God. God I have sin. I have these issues. This is what you know. Is going on with me. And that's not all that it is. Because. You should still. Be able to do. The work of the Lord. Which is to care. For those. Who have been afflicted. A care for those who are poor of spirit and finances and resources. And it's not just people who look like you and sound like you. Because God didn't just create a particular type of people. He created all types of people from all types of places. And we cannot be that tunnel visioned that we only see what we like. That does not honor God. And it does not speak to what Jesus talked about in the scriptures that we will find in the New Testament. And we will get there. You exploit your workers. You're not even loving Caring, concerned, and is about me. You're not answering my prayers. I'm afflicting my soul. You don't see me. Wow. Them that have ears, let them hear. And you think because you say it often and you say it louder that God is hearing it. God does not have a hearing problem. I can assure you. He does not have a seeing problem either. God would never be against his will. So obviously there's something that we need to do some self-reflection on. And if you... Are teaching people and leading people in your homes, in your workplaces, in your classrooms, with your friends, amongst your family. You have a real obligation as a believer to tell people the truth. Because you will see that omission It's just as bad, if not worse, than commission because you knew better and you didn't do anything. The truth. Tell people the truth. This is what Isaiah was doing. He was telling them the truth because God commanded him to do it. He didn't take any joy in it. He didn't want to puff himself up and talk down to them. He cared about their souls. He cared about their position with God. They had God's name on them. It's important that you realize whose blood is covering you, who died for you, who gave you his name. Who gives you eternal promises. Who is in a covenant relationship with you. That whether you perform your part, he's always going to do his part. Trust and believe. God sent Isaiah. Isaiah is a pre-Christ. He speaks of he that is coming. Can you imagine how much care and concern God has for you that he sent that type of person to speak to you? We have a caller, and then we're going to get back to the scriptures. Hello, you're save the loss at all costs, and God bless you.
1: Mr. Nina, lay it down.
0: Hey, Pastor Terry, how are you, man of God?
1: Great. Lay it down, heavy and thick.
0: I'm working on this, sir. Know that
1: there's very little serious teaching going on in Las Vegas with the depth and weight which you bring to it, and I'm just, you know, proud of you.
0: Thank you, man. And the I
1: fact got that the fact that you 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 you're no joke continent student, and you definitely paid close attention to the things I was teaching, and I know that you took it upon yourself to, you know, look at some other extra biblical helps and some other folks that are much more capable than me, but I appreciate the fact that the, the messages you bring and the topics that you deal with is not just back when Isaiah prophesied or when Ezekiel prophesied or Jeremiah or any of those minor prophets, because it applies to today. Amen. When you was talking about, when you was reading that passage and you were talking about explo- exploiting the workers and doing all that's what's happening now, that guy that's sitting up in, in, in Washington, D.C., who is our president now, that's what he was doing to the folks that was working at Trump Towers right here in Vegas. Hmm. So, wow, look at how the prophecy goes forth. That it's not just God dealing with those people, but we are dealing with that right now. Amen. How deep is that? And here's a guy who claimed to be a believer. Like you were talking about the fasting, and, and and I understand with, you know, ill or no results. But if your heart's not right and you laid that down, I just had to call in and, you know, and encourage you.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you, man of God. Well, what people have to understand is when you raise up a prayer to God and your heart is not right, it's a wicked prayer. It becomes a curse. And the universe bears witness to that. So you have to be careful what you ask for because you might get it. And some people continue to raise up wicked prayers. Because the the gospel is intentional. It requires action. It's not just words. This is a living force that is cursing through our bodies. We're energy. We are tapped into the power source. So God is not going to have anything that is connected to him that's not bearing fruit. It's not, it's not going to have it. So people who are, are fasting and being selfish in their fasting, in their prayers, it's wicked.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's empty. It's vain. It's hollow. It's prideful.
1: And there was something else significant that you said, too. When you were talking about the fasting, you um, attributed the fasting, because, I mean, if you don't fast, you know, you, you can't fast without praying. Amen. You know, I mean, Jesus told them fasting and praying. Mm -hmm. So the deal is, though, what you did, was you connected that to, those character defects and those shortcomings that we need to go to the Lord and make amends on versus somebody fasting and praying because they're asking God for something material. Mm Mm-hmm amen, that they're going to die and leave here to somebody else that didn't even do nothing to deserve it in the first place, and overlook the fact that we need to make sure that we are in right fellowship with the Lord. And the only way to do that is to confess and repent. Amen. Amen. But look, I sent you a text message. I, I discovered that I missed your birthday <laughs> and uh and and I was sending you the text message and, and and happy birth you know, wishing you happy birthday and you know and and apologizing for missing it and uh
0: Well, well I want you I want you to know Team Terry didn't forget. So, yeah, Baby J uh reached out to me, then Lady Desiree reached out to me, and you reached out to me now, that's uh, well, confirmation, well, you, so I I'm I'm appreciate gonna
1: that. I'm going to take you to lunch. Well, and, thank uh, you. And uh, so I'll get back with you and let you know uh, when we can uh, get together and, and go to lunch. But anyway, look, keep up the good work. Well, thank you know, you. You, you. You're walking in God's will, and uh, there's not many things that you say that's far off. And when it is, in most cases, you come back and straighten it out. So you're doing a great job. And I guarantee you this. There is not another show like yours on the radio in Las Vegas. Now, that's for all those listeners.
0: I appreciate you. Thank you. You're the only
1: one of your kind (laughs) right now. Okay, so God bless you. I love Love you more.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Amen. All righty. Let's get back to it. Love you, Pastor. We're going to look at verse 5 again. And again, we're in Isaiah 58. I'm in the New King James Version. Verse 5. It is a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head like a bull rush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast an acceptable day to the Lord? He's asking the question. He wants them to make the case. Is this an acceptable day to the Lord? This fast? This Sabbath? Now you may want to know what a bulrush is. And I did some research and I'm going to tell you. Are you familiar with papyrus? That's what bulrush is. So in this particular context, the word that... uh, the prophet is referring to in reference to bulrush would be belonging to a marsh. So there's a lot of water there. Very, very wet. And it has, uh, you know, great soil in which it grows in. And sometimes it was planted into ropes. So they were just grown that much together. So we would also know that it, uh, is a translation of the Hebrew word gome, gom, and I'm going to, uh, spell it for you because I may not have pronounced it correct, but, uh, look at it. G-O-M-E, which designates the plant as absorbing moisture and rendering a rush, like a rush of water. Again, so this is Egyptian papyrus and in the ancient time, When um, we're looking at the scripture, it was very abundant in Egypt. The Egyptians made garments and shoes and various utensils of it. It was used for the construction of the Ark of Moses. And you'll see that in Exodus chapter 2 verse 3 and Exodus chapter 2 verse 5. The root portions of the stems were used for food. The inside bark was cut into strips which were sewn together and dried in the sun, forming the papyrus, which was used for writing. So the audience who Isaiah is speaking to is very familiar with what he's talking about when he says bull rush. And, you know, it says as if to bow down his head like a bull rush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord so they've got the acting part right to the naked eye it would appear they're doing everything that they're supposed to do like I said an appearance it is so empty You can always tell an empty wagon. It makes a lot of noise. Don't let your fasting. And praying. Be in vain. And think. That you can present that to God. See these people. They knew the word. They knew what was expected of them. They knew. The law. If you will. So. That's the thing when you're a believer and you're in relationship and you're walking out this life and you're studying scripture and you're sitting up under people or you are leading people and you claim that you have knowledge of this. And then you still want to be an empty hollow vessel and present it to The creator, the alpha and the omega. He set this all up. He's not anyone to play with. He's not anybody to fool. He's not anybody to disrespect like that. There is a standard that he has set and it's all revealed in his word. You cannot allow yourself to be hoodwinked. You cannot follow people over a cliff. You have to give an account for what you do and what you don't do. That's called commission and omission. You cannot stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and say, well, Pastor Terry did this or Sister Nina did this or Brother Dale did this. And Brother Dale, I'm just using you as an example. Brother Dale shaking his head. He said, it's OK. I can use that. I did get his permission. So thank you. It does not matter about us. Fasting is about you. So make sure. That you are doing it correctly. We're talking about ineffective fasting today. Verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke? These people are praying and they're asking for things in their fasting. But you want God to do something and you can't even do what you're supposed to do. It's personal. This is intimate. This is worship. When we look at John chapter four, verse 23, and let's go a little bit before that. It's important. Let's go to John chapter four and let's look at verse uh, 19 and then let's end up at around uh, verse 24 amen so the word of god says this verse 19 the woman said to him sir i perceive that you are a prophet 20 our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you jews say in jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. 22, your worship, what you do not know, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. 23, but the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such To worship him. 24. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Isaiah laid it out for him. And Jesus, our Lord and Savior, confirmed it. Fasting is a form of worship. Don't miss that. It requires intimacy. What God, it requires truth. The father already knows what you're about to say. Even before you say it, he created you. He knows you. Do you know him? Seven. Now, this is when the scriptures come alive. Like I said, he's an intentional God. So what you do for him is intentional. So let's look at verse 7. Let's look at this intentionality, if you will. It is not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. How could you? Not do what you are commanded to do. Right here. Share your bread with the hungry. Bring them into your house. Those who have been cast out. We're talking about physically. We're talking about spiritually. And when you see the naked that you cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Intentional. 8, then your light shall break forth like the morning, the light that's in you. Who put that light in you? You didn't put the light in yourself. Again, in verse 8, your healing shall spring forth speedily. You want your healing to spring forth speedily? You have to have the right heart condition. There has to be repentance in your fasting and your praying. Or what are you doing it for? And your righteousness shall go before you. And your righteousness shall go before you. Who do you think they're talking about? As Pastor Terry talked about being in right standing, it says, and the righteousness, your righteousness, your righteousness is personal. God is personal. He's your God. Can you imagine? Go before you, before you wake up, before you even look in that direction, before you even move, even your thought, everything. That's in you. You got to receive that. You got to catch that in your spirit. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Now, let's look at that rear. Now, those who can see me on the Internet, there's something that's behind me. But before I came into this locale, I had to travel to get here. So just think, everything that you have done and come up into a season called now. And the Lord is your rear guard. He's coming up behind you. He is right there with you. And then it says in verse nine, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. It says, if you call, if you cry. He will answer, and he will say, here I am. Make no mistake. If he said it, he's going to do it. You ought to get excited about that. Can you imagine? God... Being your rear guard, what do you have to worry about when you knock on that door? He is your rear guard. There is nothing that will come against him. The gates of hell will not prevail. And all he's asking is for your fasting and your praying to be real and sincere and true. And how it is determined is the manifestation of repentance. You can't enter into the kingdom without repentance. Your salvation will have been in vain if there is no repentance. I'm telling it to you straight. Now, I don't know who you've been talking to, who's been talking to you, who you've been listening to. But I'm telling you right here and right now, you have got to include repentance into your fasting. It has to be not just a word game. It has to be real. Please hear what the word of God is saying to you, please. Also in verse nine, it says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking in wickedness. See, look, he said he'll be there for you, but you have got to take away that yoke from your midst. That's sin. Amen. And the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. So how are you supposed to help someone and minister to someone and all you do is cast down on them and you're hypocritical? Now things that you're trying to (coughs) talk to them about, you're not even adhering to it yourself. You think God doesn't know that? God sees all and knows all. Fasting says a lot about who you are because we know who God is. It opens up a channel to God in a way that he is there. Look what he said he's going to do. We just do it with the right spirit and the right attitude. 10 If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, as your darkness shall be as the noonday. Can you imagine? Your darkness shall be as the noonday. Well, we know the noonday is the brightest. There's no darkness, there's light, continuous light. And the thing is, Our soul, when we bear our soul, it is because we believe that it's all right to be transparent. It's all right to share your testimony. It's all right to love somebody. It's all right to care about somebody. And they don't have to look like us and they don't have to sound like us. It's easy when somebody looks like you and sounds like you, stretch yourself out. Isn't that what our Lord did? Did he not stretch himself out? Did he not go to those that were not like him? Didn't he keep telling the leaders, you have got to get this right. You can't stand on this word and be a hypocrite. He cares that much about us that he is telling us, do not be hypocritical in your worship. True worshipers have to get real. We just heard in John four nineteen through the 21st verse that, you know, it's time for true worshipers to get real. You have to worship him in spirit and in truth, else you're not worshiping him. Everything we do is a form of worship. We could not do anything without God. It's the Sabbath every day, every day. We have an opportunity to worship him, to honor him, to reference him. Every day you have an opportunity to tell somebody about the Lord. Every day you have an opportunity to to demonstrate what the Lord has done in your life. Every day you have an opportunity to reject lies, heresy, to reject sin, to choose to walk a better path. You have that choice. It has to be intentional. It has to be something that just doesn't happen one day a week. That's crazy. No, it's like breathing. There is a habitation of the Holy Spirit within you. When you're in relationship, there's not a visitation. There's a habitation. But the Holy Spirit will not be in opposition of the word of God. It will not be against itself. It will not be against the kingdom. So these are some of the reasons why prayers are not being answered. Because they're, they're wicked and they're not of the right heart. And God will not answer that. He's not obligated. He says in his word, the prayers of the wicked are far from him. So we need to get our minds and our hearts right. And Isaiah is laying it out. He is making the case. And God is making the case with him. The Lord and the prophet Isaiah are not against fasting. This is not what this is about. This is not an indictment against fasting. It's an indictment against the wrong attitude. When you come before the Lord and present fasting as worship. It's wasteful. Are you interested in man? Are you interested in God? Do you want God to be your real guard? Or do you want a man who may not be at his post? God is always at his post. Amen you got to decide what you want to do. Now, look at verse 10. It says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. I wanted to say that again. 11, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Do you see that? The Lord will guide you continually. That's without stop, nonstop. Even when you're sleeping, he is guiding you. And satisfy your soul in drought. Are you in a spiritually dry place? Guess what? God got you. It's not a problem. And strengthen your bones. Your bones. Your bones support your frame. Strengthen them. Can you imagine? Strengthen them. It didn't put an age limit on it. Well, my bones are old. You think God doesn't know that? Your bones are not old. They're doing what they're supposed to do. What's important is that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Age is not important to God. He said he'll strengthen them. Because you don't know what's around the corner. He knows. And you shall be like a watered garden. We know what a garden looks like that doesn't get water. It withers. It wilts. It pretty much lays down. And the roots are shrinking. It's no foundation, the hold, the plant, or the tree, or the bush. There's no regeneration going on. There's no life there. It's just death and dying. And like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Can you imagine? And like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. (laughs) The living word runneth over. Your cup runneth over. It will not fail. The water is has an endless fount. It will never stop. You can never stop going to it. It will produce water. Who wouldn't want that? That's what effective fasting will do because it's connected to repentance. Oh, you ought to get excited about this, men and women of God. Twelve, and look what else he said can happen. Those from among you. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, many generations. You will raise up the foundations of many generations. Oh, my God. Whoo! Blessing after blessing, generational blessings. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. This is magnificent with the right attitude and heart condition towards fasting and with repentance, turning away from that thing. Look all what you get. Do you want to hold on to it that bad? How's that working out for you? Unanswered prayer, delayed healing. How's that working out for you? Continuous drought in your spirit. How's that working out for you? Darkness all around. Light can't even get through. How's that working out for you? And you want to continue to be on a soapbox. And you want to continue to be a hoarder. And be covetous. And point fingers at people. And argue and debate about things that don't matter. And cheat people who work for you. Who look up to you. Who are put in a position that you can guide them. And you have them in bondage. What a yoke around their necks like they're animals. How's that working out for you? 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, a Sabbath, a delight to be able to commune with God. To love on him and have him love on you. What is more important than that? And look at what he said he'll do. The holy day of the Lord is honorable. Why? Because he's honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Fourteen, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Whew, man. I'm excited. I'm highly motivated. <laughs> we got a caller. Hello, you're on Save the loss at all costs, and God bless you. God bless you, too, Sister Nina, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm fired up and ready to go. How you doing, man of God?
1: I'm doing well. Excellent, excellent show. Just one that I know our time is short. Just one to let you know I've been on uh, since about Pastor Terry, uh was on. And, by the way, if he's still listening, Pastor Terry, I send my love. You sound great, sound excellent. Uh, just a great word, uh, Sister Nina. I just wanted to commend you on the word today. I am getting fed and just wanted to. I know our time is short, so I, I, I will cut it short. With that, letting me you know I am listening I'm supporting. And it's an excellent word today.
0: I love you. Thank love you. you uh, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, thank you, Brother Roger. We're going to go to Matthew 17, and I'm going to look at verse 21. And the Word of God says this. You know what? I want to go up a little bit higher. Let me start about 17. So I'm going to go Matthew 17 and get down to the 21st verse. Then Jesus answered and said, O fatherless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring here to me. 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? 20. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, or assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Real prayer, real fasting that has connected to repentance. You will be on fire. You will be electrified with the spirit of god cursing through your veins you will not allow anyone or anything to get you off your square you will be like david as he faced down the giant goliath he only had five smooth stones and a slingshot Sal excuse me a uh, king saul gave him you know his his sword and his malice and everything that he needed. And he's like, this doesn't even fit. I don't want this. I want to go with what I know, with what I have. And guess what? It all it took was one stone and took Goliath down. But the other four, four stones were for Goliath's brothers. He was ready. He was confident. He asked him, why are you defying the living God? And I'm asking you in your ineffective fasting and prayer, why are you defying the living God? You need to get Isaiah 58 in your spirit. Read it again. Understand it. Digest it. We have an opportunity to receive what God will do for us in a season called now with the right heart condition. I love you. I am praying for you. I believe in you. This is a charge to me as well. And I need to be at my post. Save the loss at all costs. God bless you.